Let's turn to the book of Galatians, chapter number 3, verse number 13. We're going to read a few passages of Scripture. Galatians 3, 13, it says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we, everyone say we, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. He goes on, Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, Though it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannuleth or addeth thereto. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not unto seeds as of many, but as of one. And to thy seed, which is Christ, and this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before God in Christ, the law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of none effect. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. Amen. A lengthy text scripture tonight, but I want to deliver the word of the Lord. Amen. The vision of the heavenly. Amen. Bringing it down to the earthly with a title, Utter Faith or Utter Chaos. Utter Faith or utter chaos. If you would, lay your Bibles down, put your hands in the air, lift up your voice, and let's pray that God would anoint this word tonight. God, anoint our ears. We pray that you would have your way in this place. We give you the praise. We worship you, God. We honor your name. We glorify your name. We thank you for your goodness. Amen. Clap your hands as you're seated tonight. Thank you, Lord. There's a lot packed into this text scripture, but the crux of it is that there is something that we are to obtain. There is something that we are to receive, and it matters the direction that we are going to obtain what it is that is promised to us. The Bible says that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. God has things established. God has things lined out. God has things in order, and He has a plan for each and every one of us. Amen. It's not an accident. God's not just up there drinking coffee and on a computer and accidentally spilling things into order. But He has a plan. He has a purpose. He has a will. Amen. And it is up to us for us to obtain that promise. It's up to us to obtain that will and to be in the middle of where God wants us to be. Amen. 
And so the scripture tells us that it doesn't matter what was before. The law and all of this stuff, uh, it was promised by Abraham. Amen. Given to Abraham before the law even was, it was a promise. It was not something that was uh, by the law, but it was something of promise. And so I've come to preach to somebody tonight. You've got a decision to make. You can either choose to utter chaos or you can choose to utter faith. Amen. In the process of life, in the process of living and moving and having our being, it's up to us to make some decisions. God has great things. God has great things, but if he's going to take us somewhere, if he's going to take you somewhere, if he's going to fulfill that vision, we have to have something called faith. He said that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The word utter is interesting. You begin to look at it. The word utter can be used either as an adjective or it can be used as a verb. Examples would be the other guests standing nearby gaped in utter shock. They brought us to utter ruin. For a long time he could not utter a word. These are examples of this term used in English. As an adjective, it is defined as complete or absolute. Complete or absolute chaos is how we can look at this as an adjective. Or complete and absolute faith. As a verb, it is defined as to send forth as a sound, to give utterance, meaning to pronounce or to speak. So in this sense, we can either utter or speak chaos, or we can utter or speak faith. Herein lies the decision that we have to make in order to become what God has called us to be. We've got to make a choice. Amen. When you make a decision, you are deciding, which that root means you've got to cut away something that is an option. You've got to cut away one option and choose to go down another. And so we can use this term to utter or to speak faith or to utter or to speak chaos to understand to how, how to receive the promises. The root of everything good begins with faith in God. If we want to obtain that which is good, if we want to hold that which is right, if we want to be holy like our God is, we have to make a choice and understand that the root of anything good and the root of anything God, it begins with faith and it begins with God. The root of everything that is chaos the root of everything, confusion, it's ultimately sin and it's ultimately evil. And so if we are making decisions in our life that are surrounded by evil, surrounded by sin, and not surrounded by the heavenly, we're going to miss the mark. We're not going to receive everything that God has for us. And so we've got to make a decision what we're going to let come out of our being. James 3.14 says, But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not, and lie not against the truth. 
This is something that is very difficult for our humanity to get a hold of. We want to lie sometimes. We want to get out of addressing and confronting what is true. And so this becomes a stumbling block to receive that promise. This becomes a stumbling block to receive everything that God has for me. But we cannot lie against the truth the scripture tells us. This kind of wisdom descendeth not from above, the Bible says, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. For where envying and strife is, the Bible says there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above, everyone say above. I'm not interested tonight, church, in receiving anything from the devil. I'm not interested in receiving anything sensual. I'm not interested in receiving anything that's going to bring confusion to my home, to my life, to my family, to my kids, to my grandkids, to the future generations. We've got to make a choice to rise above carnality. We've got to make a choice to rise above the adversary. And we've got to say, I'm not going to utter chaos. I'm going to utter faith. Sit down. Envying and strife, where that is, there's confusion and every evil work. Think about that. But the wisdom, the Bible says, that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Without hypocrisy. God, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to be somebody that's just here and that's just uh, uh, taking up space. I don't want to be somebody that's just there to spectate and to criticize. No, I want to be a participator. Amen. I want to be engaged in the heavenly. I want what God has for my future. Hallelujah. And therefore, I must decide I'm not going to associate with confusion. I'm not going to associate with chaos. I'm going to speak faith. When it's from above, it's pure. When it's of God, it's right. When it's of God, it's heavenly. Amen. When it's of God, it is not of this world. It's not earthly, but it's peaceable. It gives rest. Without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness, James says, is sown in peace of them that make peace. I don't know about you, church, but I don't want to be an instrument for the enemy. I don't want to be a tool in the hands of a, a jealous adversary, but I want to be a tool in the hands of the Lord to reach somebody else that doesn't have the promise of the Spirit through faith yet. I want to be a tool of righteousness. I want to be a tool of mercy. Hallelujah. And how do you do that? It's what you decide to do with what's around you. Are you going to speak some chaos and confuse everything, or are you going to speak some faith? 
Oh, God, help us. The fruit of spiritual things, of spiritual safety that you want to see in the middle of a chaotic world, in the middle of a confused world, it's dependent on what you sow and how you sow it. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Word of mouth is one of the oldest ways of conveying information. It has been defined in many ways. One of the earliest definitions was that put forward by Katz and Lasers Feld in 1966 who described it as the exchanging of marketing information between consumers in such a way that it plays a fundamental role in shaping their behavior and in changing attitudes towards products and services. Other authors have suggested that word of mouth is a person-to-person communication tool between a communicator and a receiver who perceives the information received about a brand, a product, or service as non-commercial. Likewise, word of mouth has been defined as communication between consumers about a product, about a service, or company in which the sources are considered independent of commercial influence. We hear and know of many commercials. This word of mouth is something different. There's something powerful about word of mouth. Uh, The enemy cannot control your word of mouth when your vision is right. Amen. The enemy cannot distort and confuse things when you are seeking that which is above. Amen. And you cannot be moved along and and herded as cattle, if it were, by the commercials that are put out there that have an agenda that are trying to reach a certain end. And so word of mouth, it's even more powerful than any commercial out there. It's still the greatest way to sell a product. These interpersonal exchanges provide access to information related to the consumption of that product or service over and above formal advertising. An example, that goes beyond the messages provided by the companies and the involuntary influences the individual's decision-making. Word of mouth is widely regarded as one of the most influential factors affecting consumer behavior. This has everything to do with my message. So just hang on. Word of mouth is widely regarded. It's one of the most influential factors. This influence is especially important with intangible products. They're difficult to evaluate prior to consumption. Like, say, tourism or hospitality. Consequently, word of mouth is considered uh, uh, the most important information source in consumers buying decisions. Think about that for a minute. Word of mouth is considered the most important information source. We live in a Yelp society, right? You go and you want to hear what somebody's saying about a particular place or thing. According to Nielsen, 92% of consumers believe recommendations from friends and family over all forms of advertising. 
In a recent study, 64% of marketing executives indicated that they believe word of mouth is the most effective form of marketing. However, only 6% say they have mastered it. Listen to this. Millennials ranked word of mouth as the number one influencer in their purchasing decisions by Radius Global. Beyond friends and family, 88% trust online reviews written by other consumers as much as they trust recommendations from personal contacts. Think about this in relation to what I'm preaching. HubSpot reports that 75% of people don't believe advertisements Yet 90% trust suggestions from family and friends and 70% trust consumer reviews. Are you hearing this tonight? According to Syncaps, 85% of fans of brands on Facebook recommend brands to others. Consumers rely on word of mouth 2 to 10 times more than paid media. How does this affect us tonight? It matters what comes out of our mouth. It matters for the kingdom of God what comes out of our mouth. The power of utterance, the power to speak or to say something Hallelujah. We can, with our very mouths, bring forth something that either is chaotic or something that is full of the power of God. It's important what we allow to come out of our mouth. The power of one simple question asked. What's the brother's name that just asked the sister to marry her? Brother Philip. Man. Power of that spoken word, will you marry me? All of you singles, don't worry. Hopefully, your time will come and you'll be able to ask some stupid questions, as Bishop puts it. The power of this spoken word, what seems so simple, what seems so minute, it can change the course of your future forever. Simply speaking something. My God, a reference on the job. How much does that reference mean? I don't know so much anymore, but a letter from a job saying, hey, he was a good worker. He knew what he was doing. He was on time. That spoken word can mean something for your future. Right. But also on the contrary, speaking lies about somebody. Getting involved in the devil's business. Getting involved in confusion. Getting involved in chaos. Let me tell you, that can turn a world upside down as well. Psalms 109.2 says, For the mouth of the wicked and the mouth of the deceitful are opened against me, for they have spoken against me with a lying tongue. How awful would it be to be lied about how awful would it be to be spoken something that was not true to be spoken about of something that had great consequence that was not really right that'd be a terrible position to be in 
That'd be a terrible situation to be in. Amen. We've got to speak some kindness. We've got to speak some truth. If we're going to reach our world, if we're going to get a hold of the heavenly vision, if we're going to be a part of the kingdom of God, if we're going to be a part of what God's doing, we've got to get a hold of something greater than this flesh. And we've got to allow some faith to begin to speak. It may not look how you want it to look right now, but let me tell somebody, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of what you're not seeing right now. But to pull down the heavenly or the unseen, you've got to speak some faith. You've got to get something deep inside of you by an encounter of the Holy Ghost that allows you to speak to your situation. Think about it in this terms. How do we get sinners into the house of God? Yeah, there's social media nowadays. Yeah, there's marketing. We can send out mailers and do all of this. But let me tell you, it's nothing like words coming from your mouth from a testimony. Inviting somebody to church, speaking to them about the goodness of God. There's some power in that utterance. Revelation 12, 11, we know it. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony, I'm telling you, testimony, it means adhering to the truth in sufferings. It means declaring belief in it, enduring pains of persecution. And it was by this that they overcame a great enemy. You want to overcome the adversary in your life? Make a decision. Make a choice. Get in the direction that God wants you to go and utter some faith. We can think of many examples. We live not far from Lancaster Sight and Sound Theater. They played the story of Esther. You can think of Queen Esther. Those simple words that she spoke. She took a chance. She, she uh, regarded not her own life. And she began to speak some words, amen, that changed the course of the people, amen, in her world. We've got to speak our testimony. If we're going to reach the world, if we're going to reach the lost, we've got to open up our mouth and begin to let a, a word of faith come out. In our personal circumstances, in our personal lives, our difficulties, our failures, our tragedies, the things that happen to us, we've got to rise above and say, I'm going to speak. I'm going to utter faith. I'm not going to utter chaos. Paul's testimony, for thou shalt be his witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. We have a man who was against the church. He was against the believers of Jesus Christ. He was a devout Jew. He was a part of the death of Stephen. And yet something happened in his life where God called him. And I believe there's Pauls out there today that if, if we're messed up in chaos, if we're messed up in speaking things that are tools of the enemy and not tools of righteousness, we're going to miss out on being the church. We're going to miss out on seeing revival. We're going to miss out on what God wants to do in your family. 
someone's got to let some spiritual formation come alive in your life and say, I'm going to speak some faith. We've got to build a testimony of faith. Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Hallelujah. We've got to let some faith stir up inside of us. We've got to be in church, because I don't know what I might hear that might stir up some faith that will affect my world. Jude 1, 20, But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. We've got to get a prayer life where we quit patty caking our prayer and we get into the Holy Ghost where God can begin to move and work and allow me to get out of my carnal mind and get his mind so I can speak some faith to my world. But you've got to open your mouth and speak it or maybe shut your mouth and not speak some other things. 2 Corinthians 4 and 11 says, For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. It's not easy. Easier said than done. But in our mortal flesh, if we're going to be instruments of righteousness, we've got to catch this vision. We've got to catch this heavenly vision. Hallelujah. Because there is something that God wants to do in each and every one of us. So then the Bible says, death worketh in us, but life in you. We having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed and therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. We get into the house of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. Let the word of God do a work in your life. When the word of God begins to add faith to you, you can begin to speak it. You can begin to believe it. And you can begin to change your world. Power to heal the weak. Acts 14 says, And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb who never had walked. The same heard Paul speak who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith. Church, this is so very important for us to embody. This is so very important for us to get a hold of because there's some weak, impotent individual out there that if they don't see somebody... Hallelujah. He saw Paul. Hallelujah. And he perceived that he had something that he didn't have. Come on, I'm preaching about the kingdom of God tonight. We've got to let the Holy Ghost move in us and move out some things that don't belong because I'm going to be a part of an instrument for the kingdom. I'm going to be a part of revival. I'm going to be a part of anointing. I'm going to be a part of something that is pure. I'm going to be a part of something heavenly. I want somebody to see faith in me. So what did Paul do in return to this opportunity? 
he said with a loud voice, stand up on thy feet. And that individual began to leap and begin to walk. There's no telling how God can use you to turn your world upside down when you get a hold of this faith. Somebody sees it and you take an opportunity. Hey, right here, I could utter some chaos. I could say some things. Here I come upon a backslider and they start telling me some negative gossip. And they start telling me some things that they heard. Well, I heard this from so-and-so's church that that and blah, blah, blah. Here God's giving you an opportunity. Here God's placing an opportunity in your life. What are you going to do with it? What decision are you going to make? You could be the individual that God uses to bring healing back to that soul. You can be the individual that God uses to bring salvation back into those empty bones. You can bring life back into a skeleton that didn't have anything before. But I decided, hey, I'm not going to utter chaos. I'm going to utter some faith. Psalm The beautiful psalmist said, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of him, by the breath of his mouth, he gathered the waters of the sea together as in heap. He layeth up the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded it stood fast. There's power in what we allow to come out of our being. There can be anointing or there could be destruction. The opportunities, young people, that come upon you in life. It's not just about speaking, but it's about making decisions. A temptation comes. A circumstance comes. A trial comes. What are you going to do with it? You can either choose to utter chaos, amen, you can choose confusion, you can choose doubt, or you can say no. I'm not looking down here. I'm not looking at the earthly. I've got my eyes set on a heavenly vision. I've got my eyes set above, and I'm going to choose to utter faith. Hallelujah. Genesis records, and God said, let there be light. And God said, let there be a firmament. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place. And God said, let dry land appear. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven. And God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath light. And God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature and God said let us make man in our image the essence of being like Jesus Christ of being like God is powerful things happening with what we say Ezekiel 12 and 25 says for I am the Lord I will speak And the word that I shall speak shall come to pass. Do you want to have that power that Jesus said, 
that doesn't come but by prayer and fasting. If you say to this mountain, remove. If you just speak a word, it will happen. God, I want to have that power. I want to be used in that way. Going back to our introduction, God has some things for each and every one of us. God has plans. He has promises. Oh, sometimes it's so easy to let our carnal vision blur the heavenly. But if we can get a hold of God and say, God, I don't know how to see the way that you see, but let me see the heavenly vision. Let me see the big picture. And God can begin to do things in your life. God said, Sarah, thy wife, shall bear thee a son. You may laugh at God at some of the promises and the things that he's doing. But if God said it, I believe it. If it's the word of the Lord, if it comes forth from this sacred desk, this isn't just a social gathering that we're involved in. This is the house of God. If it comes across this desk, I'm going to grab a hold of it, not with just one hand, but with two. And I'm going to begin to repeat it. I'm going to re-speak it. I'm going to embody it. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to live it. I'm going to love it. God said unto Moses, I am that I am. Jesus said unto the centurion, go thy way. And as thou hast believed, so it be done unto you. Jesus said in response to the disciples saying they're in a desert place it's late let the multitude go down to eat they need not depart give ye them to eat no Jesus said hey I know of one that has five loaves and two fish where is he this man came to Jesus explaining his life's problems my son throws himself on the floor and he foams at the mouth. He gnashes his teeth and becomes stiff and rigid like death is upon him. Jesus said unto the father whose son had a foul spirit, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. He said, I believe, help thou my unbelief. Church, I'm preaching. If we can get a hold of something that is above this world. If we can get a hold of something that's greater than life's sufferings and difficulties. If we can get above our carnality. If we can reach. Why do we lift our hands in the sanctuary? I don't want this. I don't want others. I don't want glory. I want Him. I want the Holy Ghost. I want the heavenly. Send it down, God. Fulfill it, God. I want faith. What is your need in this place tonight? What is it that you're addressing? What is it that you're going into this week? What is it in your family? Who is it that needs salvation? Tonight, you're going to have an opportunity to either utter faith or utter chaos. Jesus said unto the thief that was on the cross, Verily, verily, I said unto thee today, Shalt thou be with me in paradise? You gotta be next to Jesus. 
If you want the promises of God, you can't be separated from Him. You can't be far away from Him. Hallelujah. And think that you're going to obtain the promises of the Spirit through faith. You've got to be next to Jesus. And whatever He says, it will happen. But we've got to speak it. As we stand together in this place and the music comes, Philippians 2 and 9. It says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Acts 4 and 12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. If you don't know what else to pray, if you don't know what else to say, if you find an altar somewhere, you bow your knees and you just call upon the name. The hurts may be so deep. The trial may be real. The, the nights may be dark. The skies may be cloudy. But if there's still breath left in your body, there may not be enough strength to do what you want to do. But if there's just enough breath, all you can do is speak the name, speak the name. Something can begin to change. Something can begin to happen. Church, it's time to make a decision. Are you going to utter faith? Are you going to utter chaos? Before you can utter faith and overcome chaos, there's got to be a revelation, a vision of the heavenly. It was like Moses in the mountain. Moses records that while he was on Mount Sinai, that God revealed to him a vision of what the tabernacle was supposed to look like before it was ever built. It says, Look thou, make them after their pattern which was showed thee in the mount, as recorded in Exodus. God has a heavenly vision. God has a plan for a temple where he's going to dwell with his people. He's going to sup. He's going to commune. He's going to live there. But in order for Moses to actually build that place, he first had to see a vision of what it was supposed to be. Jesus said it this way in his prayer. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. There is a heavenly vision for your life, saint of God. There is a heavenly calling. There is a heavenly purpose. 
but to move from where you are on the terra firma, to move from the dirt beneath your feet, hallelujah, to get where that promise is, to get in the spirit. There's got to be faith. There's got to be faith that says, God, I'm not going to look at what's right around me. I'm going to look at that vision that you have given to me of what it should be, of how it should look, of what you want to see. As it is in heaven. As it is in heaven, God. I don't want it as it is in that other state, in that other church, in that other place. I don't want it as it is in other places that are known. I don't want it as so and so has it. I don't want it, amen, as I I just wish I could have a walk with God like Brother Brock. I just wish I could have a walk with God like Bishop Frost. I just wish I could be like Pastor in order to get what God has for you you've got to get a hold of a vision it's not earthly it's not carnal but it is heavenly it's God designed for you it's God designed for nobody else but it's up to me in what decisions I make God I want the heavenly vision hallelujah I want the heavenly plan I want thy kingdom come I want thy will be done but before it can happen show it to me reveal it to me give me a vision Paul said it this way he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption but he that soweth to the spirit shall reap of the spirit life everlasting God help somebody in this place tonight help somebody in this place tonight to move from where they are to see the heavenly God help somebody in this place tonight these altars are open God is calling somebody God is reaching for an individual. He wants to move you. He wants to use you. He wants to touch in your life. But you've got to make a decision. What are you going to do with what's been given to you? Are you going to speak faith? Are you going to speak chaos? If you just wallow around in chaos or of the flesh, all you're going to ever see come to pass is corruption and confusion. But there's something you can get a hold of in this place tonight. It is heavenly. It is literal. It is God himself. Come on, somebody pray with me. Somebody lift up your voice. God wants to touch somebody in this house. God wants to give somebody a revelation of what that future is. God wants to give somebody that vision of what's in heaven. God, I want to see my mansion. God, I want to see what my mansion looks like. What kind of rooms are there? What's all inside of it? How is it decorated? Come on, somebody reach deep in your heart before they sing. God can move some mountains. But what are you speaking? What are you letting come out of your mouth? Come on, make a decision in this place tonight. There's room in these altars. Step out from where you are. 
make a choice and speak it in prayer tonight. Speak it in prayer tonight. God, touch my mind. God, touch my body. God, heal my weakness. God, forgive my sin. God, anoint my ministry. God, reach my family. God, use me.